0: Some time ago, you know, supply chain issues, hoarding, all kinds of factors came into play, and production issues. Um, There was a shortage in all kinds of pharmaceutical products. And believe it or not, that has not actually been solved. It continues. And, you know, like I said, there were many reasons. One of them would be that, for example, a factory where they produce a given medication, All of a sudden, 20% of your workforce is out because of COVID, and then you fall behind in production. Ontario Pharmacists Association Vice President of Strategic Initiatives and Member Relations, Jen Belcher, joins us now to talk about the issue. Good morning. Welcome.
1: Good morning, John.
0: Do we have a short list, or maybe it's a long list, of the kind of medications we're talking about that are still wanting?
1: It's uh, quite a long list, longer than we'd like uh, for sure. But um, people can actually access that on a website called drugshortages.ca. So Health Canada does monitor our drug shortages and list um, both anticipated and actual shortages and what their status is. It, it's uh, an ongoing issue. We haven't seen a resolution to some of the issues that we, we saw start throughout COVID, like some of the, the children's products, antibiotics. But there are many other drug products as well, too, that pharmacies have been really struggling to find alternatives, find alternatives that stay in supply and ensure that people are getting the medications that they need to treat their health conditions.
0: So people in some cases, I mean, one of our associates here at the office went through this, are are still going from pharmacy to pharmacy, trying to find certain medications that they actually need, especially for the kids?
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah, sometimes that is the case. And that can be really frustrating for parents, especially when it's something like an antibiotic or a pain reliever, where I've got a four-year-old who's prone to ear infections. You know that the sooner you can get those medications into your child, the sooner they're going to be comfortable. And it's it's hard to do that when you've got a sick child. So um, we know as pharmacists, especially those of us that are parents, that this can be a really, really tough, uh, tough issue for, for parents. So um, we do our best to suggest solutions, um, things like Perhaps changing the medication, getting the doctor to write a prescription for a new drug entirely. Maybe using a different format, so if the child can swallow pills or tablets, switching to that, and perhaps having to switch dose, those are things that pharmacists can do independently. We don't need the doctor sign off for that. Um, or, in some cases, uh, going to what's called a compounding pharmacy, where they can make the liquid formulation from more raw ingredients.
0: And what it will be, if there is one, the long term fix for this? Um, because, as I mentioned and you mentioned, the, 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 it's a myriad of causes, and you know, one of them—the very fact that you and I are talking about this, mor- this, this morning—may send people to pharmacies to try to get their hands on products they don't need now, but they think they might need later.
1: It's going to be a, a web of solutions that address this really complicated issue, because there's just there's no one root cause. If there was, we could start to tackle that and we could really feel confident that that would uh, create a long lasting solution. But it's a global problem. It's not just a Canadian problem, but it does affect different countries differently based off of their internal manufacturing capacities. So um, what we do with ingredients here in Canada to make these final products, but there's also effects of plants internationally that manufacture either you know, end drug products or raw ingredients. Uh, there's influences of drug pricing policy that companies will look at destination markets like Canada or anywhere within the globe to say, you know, is this a product where we can successfully and financially market our product? And do we want to target uh, these these drugs into those places? There are regulatory components, Health Canada, FDA requirements, things like that. But then there's also even... Um, different things that we can do at the provider level to enable our healthcare providers to address shortages more proactively and more independently and not require as many steps. So here in Ontario, as a pharmacist, I can't do what we call therapeutic substitution and change a drug from one within a class to another that I know will work similarly. I know the dose, I know how to do this, it's my skill set, but I still need another provider like a Physician or a nurse practitioner who can write those prescriptions to authorize that. So that can create delays. But in other areas of Canada, pharmacists can do that independently. So even here in Ontario, we could enable things like that that would streamline the process for patients and make it a lot less frustrating and create
0: fewer delays. Okay. Here's hoping they're listening this morning at Queen's Park. Thanks for this.
1: Of course. Thank you so much.
0: That is Jen Belcher with the Ontario Pharmacists Association.